Today I'm talking with Jeff Winger again about using money and time to live happier lives. In our last conversation, we talked about how to better align your money and time management with your values, which we'll link to in the show notes. Today we're going to be getting into what the science says about using money and time to attain happiness. Jeff, what's up, man? Thanks for joining me today. Hey, it's nice to see you again, Daniel. Yeah, definitely. As always, we're talking about money and happiness and living a happier life. Everybody's, I'm sure everybody's interested in kind of hearing about what that looks like. But what we're going to talk about today is a little bit more from a scientific perspective and kind of what does that scientific research say? So there's actually been quite a bit of studies around that, like what is what translates to happiness. And so to kind of pull that whole scientific world together. I looked at some of the work from Dr. Lori Santos. She's a professor at Yale and teaches a course. It's called actually Psychology and the Good Life. And it's actually the most popular course at Yale in Yale history. It's hugely popular. She's also has a podcast called The Happiness Lab and has a free course online called The Science of Wellbeing. But basically she helps boil down all the research around finances and I'm sorry, around living a happy life and what that looks like. And so today, Jeff and I are going to be talking about some of those baseline scientific lessons that she teaches and how that might start to apply to your finances. You ready to get into that, Jeff? Oh, I love living the happy life, Daniel. Jeff is my on-call happy guy, so he's ready to rock. Jeff has got this stuff down. So the first lesson, so when you look at Dr. Santos' research, the first lesson she talks about is that our minds are really bad at predicting happiness. Jeff, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's sometimes true, always true? I think it's usually true. If there was something that you could have today that you thought would make you happy, you're going to think about something that is tangible, usually, like Mm -hmm. something you can actually see or feel. A lot of times things like a car, a home, even things that maybe you don't actually own, but like a vacation is something you can still see and feel, right? But they're still just tangible things rather than some of the higher value items in our life that bring us real happiness. Yeah. I think that's good. Intangible versus tangible things. I think the exercise Dr. Santos does with her students is she has them write down kind of a list of what they think would bring them the greatest happiness. That's you tend to see things like that are, you know, more tangible, immediate gratification kind of a things. And what it also translates to is those sorts of things that require more money. We'll kind of circle back to that, but that's one of the lessons she also gets into. So this but the second big thing that she gets into is so our minds are bad at predicting happiness. The second thing is circumstances don't play nearly as big of a role as we tend to think that they do. For whatever reason, humans tend to assume that their circumstances are the biggest driver in their happiness. For example, your job, your income, your family life, or whatever, that people tend to think that's what's going to drive their happiness. So maybe financially, the example is if I can make more, if I can be in a different job, or if I can live in a different city, or if I can make that promotion, that's going to drive my happiness. But there's really solid research that basically shows that's not true. Dr. Lombrowski, I believe it is, has done research on this. And her research says that it's actually, she breaks it down in like percentages behind what actually drives happiness. And it's 50% by genes, 10% by circumstances, and actually 40% by your thoughts, actions, and attitudes. So that's, 
I think interesting to me is that I think the average person would say it's more about their circumstances. And her research says that, no, it's actually a really small fraction of, of what drives happiness. And it's really more about your thoughts, actions, and attitudes. Your genes, you can't control. The good news about that, I think, is that you have more control over your thoughts, actions, and attitudes, and they don't necessarily cost you money, or it's not about finances near as much. If we were to kind of go through some of the examples of what that might look like for people, what what would you come up with, Jeff, on your end? So I think part of that is, even with money, I think we've talked about it sometimes in the past of, there is a certain amount of, of security that brings us a little more happiness. But mm. after a point, it's absolutely diminishing returns. And so that's kind of those circumstances you talked about where that is something and it plays into happiness somewhat, but it's more of the, what can I control that adds to your happiness more than focusing on what's out of your control? Jeff, do you remember the researchers that, I think it's Daniel Kahneman as well. Mm -hmm. It is Daniel Kahneman. Yeah, he did. He did great research. I think he had a partner doing it with them, but around income and it, how it translates to happiness. And they concluded that it does have a positive effect on happiness up to 75,000 of income. And at that point it does not. And so that kind of translates well with this research we were referencing that it does circumstances do have a little bit of an effect, but it not nearly as big of an effect as you might think. So third lesson that she gets into in her courses is time versus money. And this was really interesting to me looking at that is, first of all, the research says that about half of people value time higher or you know more so than money. And then the other half value money more so than time. But research also shows that those that value time over money report much higher levels of happiness, which is, I think, interesting because that tells you half of people have it wrong. If they're going for happiness, they have it wrong, which is a huge number, obviously. That's a massive amount of people. It's also difficult in our, I think, in our country, the, the, the status around money. I think our culture says that more money is always better and more time is not good. What do you do with that? I think what the research says is we should be focusing on time than money. But how do you take that, Jeff? I guess how true is that what you just said about how our society values time and money and even just the what's the most common response you hear to like, how's your week been? Or what are you up to? Busy. Right? I'm as guilty of that as anyone because mm -hmm. busy means I think it's a proxy for busy means I'm trying to say I'm productive. But usually if I've actually been busy, it probably means that I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off and didn't get a whole lot done sometimes. And so it's almost even, it's just a proxy for saying I'm bad and productive, but ideally we're actually spending that time on something that brings us happiness, right? Like mm -hmm. we talked about how sometimes it's those things that we can picture and feel those tangible things that we think brings happiness. But when you really get down to it, those things are even themselves are, are a, a substitute for real happiness. Maybe when you think of a vacation, like getting to travel, What's the real reason that brings you happiness? Is it just that you can go see a place? For me, it's probably more that I want to have a goal of spending some good time with my family, a shared experience and, and things like that. And things that really bring happiness are not necessarily what money buys, right? It's the time 
spent. Mm-hmm. And the other, inter- the most interesting study, I think, to me of all of this was about how one of the best like return of your money things to do is to buy things that save you time. And I think that is, it's not natural. We tend to not want to do that. But first of all, did, does it, the research says that is a better return on your happiness. So just saying, I'm going to spend X dollars to have somebody mow my grass. Does that resonate with you? Do you think that's true? What can people do with that? You know, absolutely. I'll give you even just an example from my life recently, uh, and probably from many people uh, across the country during the last six months, I think, is that there's been a spending on home improvement a lot of places. Yeah, it's nuts. For me, I, I started different projects years ago around my house that I wanted to, I just wanted to do. I wanted to do, you know, crazy things, reglaze my own windows, which is something that, you know, really old windows. And But as I started to look at, I've had the, the advantage of kind of figuring out a few of the big priorities in my life recently. For context, I have three kids. All of them are four years old or younger. So if I'm going to spend time doing house projects, like that is time I really cannot spend with a three-year-old. They don't do well around saws. They don't do well around <laughs> tools in general. Mine do. Just kidding. That's <laughs> yeah, they, but they definitely want to help. They do. So if I'm choosing to work on some of those projects, it takes away from from what my priorities are and what what are bringing happiness to me. So that's an area where in this case, I'm going to spend the money and I did spend money on some home improvement projects Mm -hmm. because I consciously wanted to spend more of my other time on different things that were bringing me happiness. Yeah. Now, five years that might change where I love to learn new projects and learn new skills and I could combine those and do that with my kids. Yeah. Possibly. I think though, a lot of people today, especially in our situation, like when you run into them on the street, how are you doing? I'm busy. I got, and they, if you ask them, they don't have really much spare time. And so that situation, you, they could probably stand to buy a little time. That's kind of where I wanted to finish out the conversation. So, you know, our minds are bad at predicting happiness. Circumstances don't play nearly as big of a role as we think. Research says time, valuing it, it has a much better bang for your buck on your happiness, valuing time over money. Kind of want to dig into more of the research behind that or the concepts there. Definitely check out the research. We'll include it in the show notes. Um, there's a ton of it and you can dig in. But where I wanted to close out is what's the reality of this? Like, how do we apply this to our lives? So I think the reality is that you've got to determine what it is, number one, that's important to you and brings you happiness, and then decide if you're going to prioritize that over other options. I personally, I hate delegating things. And I feel like if, you know, that idea of paying somebody to do my lawn, it feels like I am giving up something there. But when I look at that and I break it down, if I can delegate that and gain back some time that really brings me happiness, that's a trade-off I should explore. Even with finances, it's very similar. I guess this is self-serving, but in in my history, I always thought that people should never hire a financial planner. There's a a popular course out there that says fire financial planner. And that was my thought is that you should never do this, pay somebody to do this. And then 
at the same time, I experienced with my own dad that he would have very much had value of having a plan and offloading some of these, even just to have somebody in his corner to help him align his time and his values. Yeah. I think the overlooked part that a lot of people just don't think about is the time savings. It's one thing if you have a lot of spare time, but I just don't see that a lot. And so if you don't have spare time, then you got to think about, okay, what am I saying no to, or what am I, what's my alternative here? And going back to what's most important, is it, is it in alignment? Yeah, it's tough because uh, we take a, a limited resource like our time and compare it to one that's really technically unlimited, like money. I mean, there mm-hmm. is it always unlimited? No, but, and we compare the two and, and oftentimes time comes out the loser. Yeah. Any other thoughts, Jeff, as we wrap up? No, just uh, make time for happiness. Hmm. All right. Well, I appreciate it, buddy. Please know that anything I've said today in this podcast should not be considered advice. It is completely for educational and entertainment purposes only. It would be best to view me as just another guy talking about money on the internet. For advice, please consult your advisors. If you don't happen to have a financial advisor already, I happen to know a firm that's absolutely fantastic. It's actually the firm I started and currently run now, Ren Financial Planning. And we would love to get to know you better and see if we might be able to help. Feel free to reach out anytime to schedule an introductory meeting. You can find more info about us at www.renfinancial.com.